positivity is the way to go. I'm just, even at this age, I've kind of come to realize that um, any kind of insecurities that you kind of have, just leave them at the door. In the room, 52 Jokers Wild. So I'm doing too many different things. I can now just relax and take it nice and easy. Hi, folks, and welcome to In the Room with 52 Jokers Wild. This week, our guest is Sinead Cassidy-Holt, actor, model, writer, and she's actually a director as well, and FX artist in the film and television industry. And I also saw somewhere that you bake as well. I do. I have my own baking business as well on the side. Oh, my goodness. On the go, always. I always like, I love bringing them onto set. Like, uh, I'll randomly surprise all my actors or um, if I'm acting all the crew and I'll be like, look what I brought today. And they're like, oh, God, Sinead, you're going to make us fat. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. Uh, (laughs) I love this because you're an entrepreneur. You're a business person. You're not just turning up with the cakes. You're saying I have a captured audience and you give them a cake. They thank you. And then you go 10 quid. Where's my money? <laughs> Give me the money. Yeah, I know you also hook them. You've got a sugar buzz. You know, next day you bring the same amount again and they can't help it. Why so and I'll you've... slyly throw in a few of the business cards. Like, oh, if you ever need a cake anywhere into my spare time, I don't mind. Well, that's what <laughs> a film is, I think. You bake, it's baking a cake. It's you got to get all the ingredients together. you got to sugar it up. Some of them turn into fucking horrors. But I mean, at the end of the day, there's some, somebody might eat. Actually, I was given a scone by my wife this morning. She's in a coffee shop down the road. And she, the guy, this is interesting. Six cars jumped out of two vans to kick down a door of a pub next door to the coffee shop. But then they didn't kick it down. I was going, that's a bit weird. There's six guards and they're not kicking it down. They ring the bell. Whoever they want is not getting out of bed. He wouldn't answer the door. They <laughs> all came in, in for cappuccino. This is just 10 o'clock. They came in for cappuccinos. They seemed to be happy enough with that. And while all the commotion was going on, my scone got double nuked in the oven. So I got this cremated, I don't know what it was, and the guards got, hello, officer, good day, officer. How are you doing, officer? <laughs> Top of the morning to you. Aren't you great in your uniform there now? So that was at 10 o'clock this morning, about half, an hour ago, and I got a burnt scone. I'm sure your oh, cakes are better there, than that. I'll bring you a proper scone. Don't there be worried. You go. Uh, so basically, we have to make a production as soon as possible, just so we can get some of your feasts to, to on happily. set. I will happily bring all the scones. <laughs> that would be brilliant. Now, what else do you do? Cream, cream and jam. Is it just plain old scone? Is there little raisins in oh, there? Oh, gosh. No, you can have whatever you want in it. Ooh. You no, just give me the order and I'll put in whatever. I'm watching Gilded Age at the moment, so I want afternoon tea. So, I mean, I want afternoon tea, little china teacups. And, you know, my, my wife's watching this program with me and we're, ha- we're looking at all the splendor of, I think it's the 1890s on Fifth Avenue, New York. And, and you have the upstairs, downstairs, and it's two different, you know, worlds away from each other, the money and the own money. Then we're also watching on Netflix, uh, Inventing Anna and how she's actually um, sort of duped the same society in New York, I believe. And, and and again, I'm looking at this going, where's this money? This money that's out there. And we're, I'm trying to get me burnt scone. And this lot are dropping half a million on a Prada, Prada handbag. So what world do you mix in in this, in your feature film sort of, you know, journey? It's the flour and butter one, isn't it? That's the mix. Mm. Um, <laughs> you know what? I love playing all different kinds of characters. Um, I get, like, a lot of people would always consider me posh with my accent sometimes, but I'm going to be in a new film uh, soon where I'm playing the most common person ever. 
And it's such a difference. Like I remember filming the um That's you, George. <laughs> Me. Oh, absolutely. With my with my accent. Yeah, I'm absolutely a commoner here, definitely. No, I remember like filming my self-tape and I done the whole thing with the proper orange makeup and the hun bun and all that kind of stuff. And I had the mask down on my chin and everything filming it. And I remember the um <laughs> one of the writers uh Zoom calling me and he was like, Oh my god, Sinead, like we had loads of submissions, but we just saw yours and we were gobsmacked. I'm like, um, you're probably shocked with my accent now listening to me and he was like yeah what the hell it was so like so different but that's what I like about acting that you can be like a comedian and just change everything so nobody really knows uh, uh, you. Yeah, we, we, now now Sinead do you need, we need to get you to to give a few tips to Garvin because Garvin is stuck in a we need to break him out of that mold so he can become all kinds of different characters and personalities so he can explore that wonderful world I, have, I haven't drama. actually mastered the He's one just a yet one certain person. I'm 55 yeah, years I in I haven't figured <laughs> this one out yet but no, actually, I like what what jumped into my head and it reminded me of, of this. I don't know the girl's name and she's starring in, in Bent and Nana, but she's also in this, you know, it's more her accent in it. It's like a mix of a Russian Americanized accent. But where you, I would have saw her before, I think, was in Ozarks. And it would have been this rough, you know, trailer trash type accent. And that's the difference. I'm comparing those two programs and going, that's what I'm paying attention to. Now, she seems she's great in both, but the accent is what's catching my attention. Now, I'm wondering, I spot these guys on uh, LinkedIn and Facebook and they're voiceover artists. And you probably mm. know who we're talking about. We won't mention any names. But I'm <laughs> wondering i need it I, I i think i might experiment i've no idea i can't sing i can't dance i can't change my voice i can barely handle this one but i'm wondering is it a, is it a skill that everyone can learn from nada Do you, is it that you have you your natural accent is what we're listening to now but you skill up on accents or you have it you have a you have a talent for it or do you reckon anyone can do it with a bit of push I think anyone can do it. You just have to try. Um, just listening to certain films. I have this uh, weird habit that I picked up um, where I can sometimes pick up someone's accent if I'm talking to them long enough. Um, like I have friends from different countries and everything. I remember one time, one of my American friends, we were just chilling one time and um, I started copying her and I didn't mean to. I didn't realize it was happening. And she's like, Sinead, you're doing it again. And I didn't like, I didn't know. And she's like, well, at least you're in acting. That's a good thing. Um, but anyone can do it. Some people find it easier than others, but it's just about practice. Like I love to do this thing where I'll randomly pick a day and I'll go somewhere and I'll decide today I'm going to have a different accent. I'm going to pull, see how much I can push this and see if people believe me or not. And it's a great practice to get into because you never know, because that way you build it up for your, um, your CV and stuff. And then you end up being able to apply for an audition for all these different roles that have these different accents. Whereas beforehand I'd be like, Oh God, I'm nervous about it. But now, now would, you not like, lie. Yeah, try it. would you lie? Like I, I, I think I signed up to movie extras years ago and i ticked every box got horse riding yeah jace no problem karate yep for a black belt you know accents course i can i can talk no problem do you do richard branson says you, you lie through your teeth and you then fake it till you can make it what do you have you filled there ticked every box on movie extras or movie you know not that you're an extra but more that you're a star but you'll say i can do it till i can't or do you go oh no i only tick what i can do at the moment. Uh, it depends on how far I think I could push something like I wouldn't be putting down I'm a black belt in karate because you never know they could be like okay come on set next week and I'm just there like oh god I'm gonna die today um <laughs> like some things I think you can risk it for um like when I was in Bow Street one of the guys was talking to me about um 
there was an ad for horse riding and he had no clue how to horse ride. Uh, so and also for skiing. And he went into Lidl and he got the job. He went into Lidl, picked up all the ski gear, went on set and was like, all right, I'm ready to go. Watch a few YouTube videos and just winged it. Now, for me, I'd be terrified to do that. But sure, look, try it out. Uh, terrified I'd break something because I'm the most clumsiest person. Yeah, YouTube, YouTube is actually really good because the other week I was uh, I my wife said I need to put a, a mirror on the wall. And I have to drill through some tiles and I'm kind of going, right, they're easy to break the old tiles, but I've got yeah. to do this. So I found a YouTube video. Yeah. You take the hammered bit off of the drill and get it to do slowly and it goes through. And I find that everything I've been doing, uh, I've learned off YouTube. No, George, you're, you're an FX skiing. person. No, <laughs> no, I think. No, How no, the I hell think... you learn skiing? On YouTube, no, I think, I you're think in you your can. little gear in the living room. You're swaying back and forth. <laughs> yeah, and down. Put a bit yeah. of baby oil on the floor. Strap down. Get ready and just zoom for it and see how Boy, you. Someone better it. not jump into this conversation <laughs> at that moment in time, or we're in serious <laughs> trouble now. With you, we have to X-rate this one. But you know, all you need to do is get the child's slide outside in the garden, and that'd be a great one. Go to the top of that and then just go down a little small slope. You know, and then you'll be away. Fine, absolutely. Or get the little roller ones on, on the, underneath and go off to the little glen next door to you or somewhere. Yeah, you know, kids have the cool. coolest toys nowadays. See them yeah. in the mini roller coasters and stuff. You'd be surprised you can make. And also YouTube, you can make your own toys. Yeah. The other thing so is, like, I think, Garvin, what you have to do is you have to start looking. You have to start people observing because quite often, because acting is really about mimicking other people, which is what Sinead actually said. You need to start, you know, imitating other people and doing what they're doing and seeing what's happening. It, it, it comes naturally to human beings. We, we imitate everything all around us, you know, be a tree now. I'm just yeah, actually, I'm quiet for a few moments. That was no, unbelievable. No, no. I just he got was silent there for a few I'm moments. Do he didn't one react. I got I've three got seconds there. For my acting coaching. To, <laughs> I've got to change it. headphones <laughs> because I won't be able to hear you because it's, Back, it's plugged in for two years into this computer and it's going battery low. So I, I think the ear, I wasn't cleaning the earwax out. So there must oh, be some no. sort of joint between the connection to the battery and, and the actual connection to the... To, oh, it's Keith, I'm telling me battery low. You two talk that's, among yourselves. That's, You're that's not going to get much chance for this. not being a tree. Bring me back in one second. It'll be back. It'll be back. So Sinead, I, I noticed you did FX, your special effects. What, what special effects are you doing? And how does that relate to acting? How do you well, find that works? Um, when I was younger, I've always wanted to do acting, but I was always kind of shy. I was like too afraid to, I used to do dance and musical theater and all that. Um, so then I got into makeup and I was like, well, if I'm too afraid to be in front of the screen, I'll be behind it. So I started practicing and then I went to uh, college and studied it. And then I went under a mentor, Ali Gordon for some devil effects and him and his partners, Tate Steinseek and Steve Johnson, they've done uh. movies like, um, Steve created Slimer from Ghostbusters and Tate works right. on The Walking Dead and all this yeah. kind of stuff. Um, so I kind of just got into that. And then I ended up doing so many courses with them. I started helping them teach some of the classes. So oh, wow. like proper creature effects, like yeah. I have a full blown. Um, <laughs> it's like it was meant to be like a, a witch that I made, like a full silicone mask. And then I painted it to look like a very creepy clown. And I have it all over my uh, my TikTok and it scares the life out of some people. Uh -huh. Like I have it in the in the filming studio and I have a point yeah. out the window and sometimes like I love to give people a fright when they come over so it'll be late at night and they'll look out and they're like oh geez what the hell is that I'm like oh uh, yes yes I've done that as well because I remember in 1997 when Maggie Thatcher was being voted in again we made a dummy of her now my wife works in a hospital 
And afterwards, because we had nothing else to do with it, they went and put it into the hospital beds and they'd actually freak out the doctors and say, oh, look, she's very, very yellow. What was she got? And they'd go, ah, what's going on? And they went through. They, now, at one point, they actually, you know, almost gave a security guard a heart attack. So they had to stop that after a while. But back then, nurses were all doing all kinds of pranks. And anything I would produce, they wanted it in there. They even wanted me to go in with a broadcast camera to go and film some of the new doctors too. <laughs> we couldn't bring the camera in. So they went in as a radio reporter. And uh, they got a few good things out there. So again, real life, real life events, things that are going on. It reminds on. me of, um, I was on a set recently um, for a film called Deadweight. I was doing the makeup on it and we needed to do a dead body. And I had done all the prosthetics. We threw uh, one of our friends, Bobby, in the car. And then the next day we were filming up in the mountains. So I was like, well, we can't chuck him in a black bag going up there. So we have to think. So I got a mannequin and I got everyone to help me um, wrap it up and I wrapped it up in loads of black bags and we were up there and we had to carry it down and we thought oh it'll be a Sunday nobody's going to be here of course it was like everybody and the queen was there and they were all pulling into the car park and we were like oh god it just looks so weird and we had suitcases and stuff with us with all like the gear and stuff and a few of the guys were off to film some car scenes so I was sitting there waiting and all these families rocked up and I had to be like, don't worry, it's not real. It's like, it's fake. We're filming. And I had the, and they were looking at me like, why are you even saying this to me? I'm like, I have to say it so you don't call the guards. And I had the fake arm and I was like, see, look, it's not real. And then we were carrying it down the mountain. And oh my God, the weight of it as well. And then yes. of course, um, you know, the <laughs> the mountain rescue people came along with their dog and I was like, ah, here, we're going to get, we're going to get locked up or something. Um, but it's just all the stuff that you randomly can do and, well, what's interesting <laughs> here is had you just you know not tried to suggest what's going on and mm -hmm. actually just did it in plain sight i think there's some statistics out there that says you can't people won't know they don't yeah. if, if you walk by them with the dead body they couldn't say what color your hair was they wouldn't they, they'd be they they'd just they see it as being normal because you're not trying to hide it it's not a dead body it's in plain hiding in plain sight whereas the more you're trying to hide then the more you're bringing focus to them and, and they're trying to figure out what's there what's behind here what's in the bag whereas i i think we should be filming more it's like the improv guys walk down the street with the body and see who make Nobody's going to bat an eyelid. It's, that's, it's that's actually the like the gorilla. You know, the, you know the little skit they do with either people actually on a tambourine, count how many times they go up in the air and a gorilla walks past and nobody actually sees it or the basketball that's being passed around and, and mm. a gorilla walks through them. Nobody actually sees it because we all focus on the thing we've been asked to focus on, except for Garvin, he's all over the place. No, you I'm all seen the place. Gorilla, anyway. Actually, I'm at the remembering a couple of minutes ago or a few minutes ago before my, 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 my ears went, but you mentioned Ronaga, you mentioned a feature and you mentioned everything's connected, but we know you're connected to Stephen, and you're doing and you're doing an awful lot of stuff, and you're his private baker, and you know, and <laughs> and now you're you're Ronica is writing, so uh, we sort of know that. So she's a good, great. She told us, "I'm a writer, not a lover," or something to that effect. And then, so you're in there. Are you directing? Are you in it? Are you just baking the cakes? What are you doing in this feature? Well, I'm doing a few different things with Ronica lately. Um. The one we're filming next week is a feature that I'm acting in. Um, and then in March and April, we're filming something called The Pier, which she's going to be doing every year. And it's six different or five or six different segments. And each segment has different actors and a different director. So they're, they all gel together, like connecting with The Pier. And I'm directing the middle chunk and I'm in another segment of it. And then next year I'm directing her film Paperweight by myself, the feature film. Um, so I'm doing a lot with Ronnie actually lately. 
You're covering so, off an, your, your IMDb yeah. credit list must be out the second door like the yellow pages. You're going, <laughs> no, I, it's me, myself. I, I'm the caterer. <laughs> I'm the makeup artist. I'm the, I'm, I'm acting in it. I'm, I'm, I'm behind the camera, in front of the camera. You're, you're, you're taking this multi-hyphenate to the extreme. Now you're actually making me be embarrassed how I'm, how much I'm not in it, that I'm not even got one IMDb credit. <laughs> we've, we've got to just turn up in the background with that dead body and hopefully they might, you might bring a, we'd be in a little boat, rowing boat at the pier going by and you're going to have to stick us in for the credits because we're in the, we're just in line of view. <laughs> oh, that would look deadly in the scene. That yeah. actually look really good. They um, will yeah, notice us throwing a dead a body over overboard. But see if anyone notices it. That's just yeah, a rubbish. Me, unfortunately. I can't afford to rub it the new rubbish charges. So it'd be just getting rid of a bit of rubbish. There's so much in the sea. Sure, who's gonna notice? Yeah. yeah, sure. It's a very emotional scene anyway. Who's gonna notice that in the background? Um yeah, no, I don't have everything up that I do. I also do intimacy coordination and um choreography and voiceover. And I'm currently also on a new YouTube series where I'm um reacting to YouTube videos or uh we're doing like Irish people react to um certain foods or drinks or watching. TikTok videos and all that kind of stuff. So I feel like I'm just jumping at everything I can just to Honestly, throw it in. Not, well, yeah. I'm, I, I'm going, how many hours are in the day? I'm, I'm, I must be on a different time not plan. Enough. You know, not enough. Yeah. I'm getting up and going, coffee, break, break, think about doing something. I might not, I'll put it off again, second coffee. You're going, oh no, I'll jump from, uh, I just put a, I put a couple of cakes in the oven here. I better go out and build some props. I'll walk out and mind those 55 kids in the back garden, entertain them for about 10 minutes, come back in again. And I'll do I'll do some reaction to YouTube videos. Yeah. What? Where are you on Red Bull steroids or something? You know. Um, lots of iced coffee. Lots of iced coffee. Coffee actually used to make me very sleepy, and I used to only drink tea. But now I'm kind of getting stuck in the coffee groove. Um, where I'm I'm literally my days consist of I wake up in the morning and I have about fifty missed uh, voice notes from Stephen, um, and from loads of other people I have to answer them, go into the emails, um, up do the zooms, go off make a cake. Uh, come back, go work out a bit, um, back on the Zoom calls, organizing shoots, texting people, getting editors, stuff ready, all that kind of stuff. So it's like I have no time, but also at the same time, I find it very hard to give myself a break. Like I find it hard to just sit down and relax because I feel I'm wasting time. I need to keep going because I feel like I'm at that point right now. Um, I'm 22, but I feel like I'm finally getting my I name out get out of bed before <laughs> two o'clock in the afternoon when I was 22. I do not sleep. <laughs> no, I feel like I'm at a certain point right now where I'm finally getting my name out there and people are finally starting to notice me a bit more. Um, why stop now? Keep pushing. That's how you well, get there. No, I, the coach mentors will kick yeah, in now. I, Hold on a second. I, I'm about, yeah, I'm about to actually just, because uh, I've experienced, I've worked, I've worked through the BBC, uh, I've been an editor and I've, and, and I've worked under those kind of pressures that you're talking about. <laughs> and I also used to see a lot of 25, 25 year olds get burnt out, which gives you three years there. And the thing is that if you if you do keep on working and working and working, you do eventually get burnt out. And what you're you're trying to do is sustain yourself over a longer period of time. Uh, and I think you know, I, I mean, I've been in the industry in some form or fashion uh, for for nearly forty years now, uh, and I've 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 managed to find something kept. I would have had the same energy probably that you've got <laughs> at the moment. I've never. Had I don't a, have never that energy. No, I don't. I, I, I and it is crazy because I'm I'm in a kind of. Uh, in a similar sort of schedule, not quite as rough, but basically because uh, I'm trying to slow down a bit, but I'm trying to fit things in and I can't quite get those in. Um, I actually do different roles now, not as an actor. 
as a person. I mean, I'm editing, I'm directing this. We're organizing whatever we're going to try and do next. I'm actually looking after my mom that's in the house as well while my wife's out working. Trying to fit in the exercises is a crazy thing. I'm also now a deacon. So I'm actually now getting involved in that side of things, which is a bit of performance and a bit of acting. I tell you, well, I've just gone through a whole service and I've actually got these prompt cards that I'm going through. Right, I need to know how to do this so I can get the right lines so I don't mess up or anything because it's, it's absolutely crazy. But it's the same. It's, it's just the interaction with people and the, and the stuff that's going on. And so there is a big demand. And, and you do, if you, if you don't know how to say no, which is what I've got to start learning more and more, I have to say no. Because uh, I know that um, you're learning, you learn very quick saying no to me, George. Yeah, so, yeah so I'm actually getting there. Maybe saying getting no there. more to. Well, no, me. no. I think I think since I've been talking to Garvin, I've actually said no to a lot of people. I've actually been turning down gigs left, right, and centre because they're not they're not gigs that help me to move forward. Yeah. They're gigs that allow other people to move forward, but they keep me at a certain static place. And I'm, I've actually decided no, I'm not having that because you know, as an editor, as a filmmaker. Uh, I like yourself. I actually learned to write because of editing, because I learned how to structure stories and, and I continually write all the time. And what I'm finding is, is that I keep getting pulled into other little groups that want to make things, but they don't fully know and understand the process. Yeah. And one of the biggest difficulties, especially from the editing perspective, is that they, they don't understand how long it takes to do a proper edit. And they, they kind of go, but you're wasting lots of money. I kind of go, nope, this is the process. This is what has to go on. And if you don't do this, you won't get the job done. Which also, because Garvin's an accountant, brings us back to another part of the process. When we, I've been involved in a number of feature films where we just made them because we wanted to demonstrate we could. Uh, we also worked out what the budget was, but quite often we've struggled to try and raise the finance to pay for a lot of those things. George, you're starting to, uh, to talk about the things he told me not to talk about, which is budget. No, no, and, and he's talking about all the things no, that he told I'm, me I'm not to trying, talk about. So I'm, I'm actually bringing. I'm bringing. I'm trying so I'm, not I'm to becoming, talk about that boring. No, no, stuff. I'm, I'm the Garvin, you're I'm the Garvin thing today. I'm the Garvin yeah, thing. Somebody's. It. It, it's getting the right mix in because I think at the end of the day. Um, Here's the thing, because you're a young person at the moment, you're just starting out, so you can you can give of yourself to a certain point, but if you keep giving, people will keep taking, and you won't necessarily yeah. get what you need to get. And I know that uh, 25 years ago, I've worked it out, Garvin, 25 years ago, we were working with a group of people up in Belfast, and we became the Premier Rejects. And we made 14 short films back then. Uh, were constantly rejected by uh, online screens, Premier scheme. <laughs> And that was the thing. You had to be rejected by that scheme to get into the little mix. And we made and we set up these film festivals. There wasn't the social media that you had now. And it was a struggle. But, you know, people did get off and they managed to get jobs in the industry, which at the end of the day was what they were trying to do. Now, you're obviously a businesswoman because you're doing your cakes. And I know how exciting that is because I have a, a daughter-in-law that does the macarons. Is it macarons? macarons. She, and, yeah, she's... She's doing weddings and all sorts of things, and she's also a physician's assistant. And she's, but she's working non time, nonstop. And you're kind of going, at some point, she's going to get burnt out because they are generating an income in that situation. But you can see that if they're not careful and they don't properly balance their lives, they can. How do you manage to get your exercises in there? How do you manage to do the training just to just keep fit? Because that's something I've still got to work out. Maybe Garvin's got to do the same thing. God, no, that's not the last question I'll be answering. No, 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 it is, it is, it is. No, 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 no. Because it's all about well-being and and keeping that present. For a second and go, because you're doing 95 different things, you're going wide, not deep. Now, you could be going wide and deep in the sense of you're an ex- if you're a bloody expert and all, then you're really going to piss me off. You know, that means you know, that's it. you're just too good at everything. But you got to, if, if I had to shoot you, 
and you're going to go, right, you can only pick one, only one, and you've got to go deep, not wide. Give it your all. Which one? Oh, God. Like, if you had to remove one from me? No, you're only getting one. You can be... No, you're only getting you one. Can, you, can bake to, you can be baking for the Queen, or you can be directing for, for Hollywood, God knows what. But you, you could be acting in front. You could be in front of the camera. You've got to pick the one. Are you in front? Are you behind? Are you doing the catering? Are you do, making the SFX? Well, I'm going to let I'm going to let Sinead answer that question, and then I'm going to and then I'm going to come back afterwards and explain why that is not possible. But carry on. Yeah, just choose oh, one on, right. one 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 particular thing that you you really love to do. Acting. Right, acting. you're in front of the camera. Without a doubt, not even a question about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the that's that's neat. That's that's actually. Because we all we all are finding that we have to act through life, and that's an interesting thing. And, and playing different parts and different roles, depending on doesn't matter what the medium is, is is quite an exciting thing. So that that's pretty good. Now this is where we come back to tell us why you're you're finding that you're having to be high, uh, multi hyphenated as opposed to being fixed focused on that one particular area. Well, nowadays it's very hard for people to break out in acting. So. I, I'm not the kind of person that would be like, okay, I'm going to sit around now until the next acting gig comes along. I'm like, okay, what else can I do to help not just push my name out there, but just to do more things and have, develop more skills. That was another thing I learned um, when I went to Bow Street was develop as many skills as you can, because if you uh, learn to be a baker, then when you're uh, in a movie and you have to be a baker, you can relate to it. You don't have to just pretend, okay, I'm going to pretend to be a baker now. You know how to do it. Yes. You have those life skills. Um, same with directing, although I absolutely love it and I love acting as well. Um, if I was to ever have to play a director in a film, I know how to do that now. Um, stunt coordinator, I know how to do that now, all that kind of stuff. And I can uh, put that and push that into my acting. And it gives me not just those skills, but life skills to help me um, just develop as a person. So yeah. that's why I would pick acting as my forefront. But I'm I do all these things as well just to help with network. my mind as well. Yeah. Yeah. Network. Network. Connections yeah, yeah. are the most important thing that I found yeah. out, especially yeah. um this year and last year. Connections bring you places. How did you meet yeah. now? How did you meet Ron again, Stephen? Well, I met Stephen um on a set. I was before I met Stephen, I was on another set called Here They Come, and it's a new film that I'm doing. Um, and then I was working with a girl on there called Dana and she was doing sound and she was like, I'd love for you to be in my next film. And I was like, yeah, sure. Like, give me the details, whatever. So then uh, I went on to set and Stephen was there. Stephen was the writer. It was this one of his first short films he wrote. And we were just talking and we really hit it off. And he was like, um, I have a new film called Behind the Mask and I love you to be in it. And I was like, OK, that's fine. Yeah. So he sent it on to me and we were on set. And we were just talking and then I was doing a few more films with him. And I found that sometimes when I look at people when they're acting or directing in my mind, I'm like, I'd love it if we done it this way or add this, whatever. Um, so I just suggested like something to him and he was like, oh, that's really good, Sinead, actually. So then he was like, do you want to direct with me? And then I was like, yeah, sure. So we directed a few things together and we started writing together. And that's how we became like super close. So that's how we met. And then on the set of Forever, Ronica had appeared and she was just, she came up because she was just in Bray at the time. And I met her there. And then I texted her the next day and I was like, it was so nice meeting you. And she's like, oh my God, I didn't even realize that was you. And we started talking and then I got cast in some of her stuff. And then I ended up directing uh, When You Did, which is her new, her new short film that we done together, which is really good. Now, have you hit them all for cakes <laughs> is what I want to know. 
Are they all ordering cakes every other weekend? You know, was that business card somewhere in that conversation shoved down their throat? Oh, and with a special offer, two for one deal, or or did you did you leave? No, that no, it's, it's it's product placement within the movie. Yeah, I, I slyly will, will take them onto things, or slyly leave. Oh, I left my business card there. Oopsie, you can have a look though, and then that's how you build it on there. No, no, I said what we love as, and now I did say to George, I'm going to reach out to Sinead because Sinead is popping up on my area and bloody LinkedIn now. Talk, you know, sorry, Stephen is not, he's over Facebook site, so I can see him every five minutes over there. But then you, he must have gave you half the job and you're on, you seem to be popping up on LinkedIn a bit more in my, my feed. And I go, why well, you have to sort of talk to Sinead? Because yeah, I only kind of discovered LinkedIn recently. I didn't realize it was such a big thing. And Stephen was like, oh yeah, like that, that's how we met another one of the producers that we're working with. And he was like, oh, he reached out to me on LinkedIn. I was like, what's LinkedIn? And then I got it like a, about a month or so ago. And then I started making all these connections. And then I started doing one or two podcasts with people in America. And I have another one on this evening. And I was like, oh God, like this is how you make more connections. Like, this is great. And keep going on that. Wow. Um, and when we direct together, like on Monster My Room, we directed together on the first day. And then we had to come back for the second half of the reshoot. And Stephen couldn't make it because he was sick. And I took over. And um, I directed that bit on my own. So like, although I love directing with him, I also love directing on my own. I can do both. I love, um, I love working with people, but... In my head at the same time. You're a control freak. Know yeah, we know it. Yeah, I know it. You know it. Absolutely. You're telling the actor, get out of the way just how to do it. Then you jump yeah, behind the camera and go, no, no, I'll do it. Don't worry. We'll rewrite it. No, this is the line you should be doing. <laughs> well, yeah, well catering, catering, where are you? Yeah, <laughs> Actually, in the, in the directing side of things, which is quite interesting because you're an actor and you're working with people and you're getting ideas. Um, do Are you going into the psychology of the way that a, a character may actually work to, for motivation and things like that? Tell us a little bit about that process that you, you would use. Oh, 1000%. Even when I'm acting myself, um, I have a routine that I do. I'll deep dive into that character, try completely get into their head. I'll have like I'll have a different playlist for each character. So I'm listening to that on set, getting into it, a certain costume that they might wear, a certain scent that they might wear. So a perfume, anything, it can bring it on, all that kind of stuff. That's what I'll try to do, like get into them because I feel the only way you can properly show the emotions of that character is if you're in their head. Yeah, yeah, like absolutely. Some people find when they get upset, um, they don't cry, they laugh. But certain characters, they react differently. So I'll get into that kind of headspace because... Although sometimes if I get upset, I might not cry. That person might. So I need to get in there and start feeling it. So do you pinch yourself every now and again, bring those little watery tears to your eye? <laughs> I you haven't just... yet. No, I listen to sad songs. That might help sometimes. Oh, right. Um, okay. You know the, the song the, at the beginning of Up? Oh, that gets me every time. The Disney film. I'm trying to, no, I can't oh. remember. I'd be, actually, I'd be in trouble if I actually did remember that because. <laughs> is that, you know, is that the, that's the one with the old fellow with the balloons, isn't it? Yeah. Up, isn't that up? Yeah. yeah. Not the, the song, house, George, yeah. though. The old, don't, don't, don't remember the song being called The Old Fellow with the Balloons. You know, no, no, that's no, that's the, the film. Number three <laughs> on, on, on Spotify the there now. Number, the old <laughs> fellow with the balloons. Yeah. Love it. Sorry, watch out for him in the park now. Keep him away from your kids. But it, it's, what's, what's interesting here is, I said, you're, you're doing, you're going wide. You're, you're doing your networking, your connect. Ireland, we've talked to a few people before. Ireland is small enough that you can, as you said, you can get them. There's stuff going on. You're, you're in a bunch of shorts, you're in a bunch of features, you're on a bunch of podcasts. 
And it's not that there's no work that you couldn't get involved with. There's plenty of going on out there for people to interact with. And, and, I'm, and strange enough, I'm, thinking, I, I'm unaware of all this. Therefore, I, I, I think yeah. there's nothing going on because there's nothing outside my front window. So, I mean, I, I've got, I think I'm going to have to reach out more and get more, more involved. And I think I've said this to the George in a sense of this year is about getting more involved with the local industry in things that are going on. And it's just help out a little bit here. You know, it's not to go work like a lunatic. It's just, you can be there, you can be involved to a little bit or a bigger bit according to your appetite. But the one thing there is you've got to be involved in order to network, in order to get the future work. So you're you're doing it in spades at the moment, in the sense of you're networking like a lunatic. You're out yeah. there, you're everywhere. You're, the, you're not the elusive pimp, Brunel. You're, 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 we, we can seek you here. We can seek you there. The thing is, we keep on finding you everywhere. So it, it's brilliant to see you out there. And you're putting us to shame. You're putting me to shame. It's not about him. <laughs> like, that's how, like, even with connecting, when I was on the set of Here They Come, I got two different things from that. I ended up doing the signal with Dana and Stephen. And then I also connected with one of my co-stars, Shannon, um, and that's how I ended up doing the makeup on Deadweight. So you never know what's going to come out of every opportunity. Yeah, I'm going to be terrible. Yeah, I'm going to be yeah. terrible because George made me do this. I was going to try and avoid it. But the one thing here is you're, in, I'm going to, no, just, just to, you know, I'm going to say, no, you're investing in yourself. You're investing because I know there's no money. You're, got, you're not getting paid for any of that, I don't think. Or are you? Am I making that mistake? In some things, I am. I know, it, like, some people, when they go into acting, they have this big idea in their head that, oh, everything uh, you need to get paid for. Or some people look down on people that are doing uh, films for that have no budget or no pay, and they're like, well, why are you doing it if you're not getting paid? It, it, that's not the point of... You should never go into a certain field that you love so much and only go into it because you're getting paid or not. It's about filmmaking, making connections... Um, and you do it because you love doing it. Like it's it, your job shouldn't feel like a job. It should feel like something you want to do every day. You wake yeah. up and you're like, yeah. I can't wait to do that. Today. Now, George's question would be, well, you have to be able to afford to do it. So is the cakes the primary earner currently or, you know, what is it that's sustaining you so you can give of yourself to your passion? The baking helps. And then some of my projects I do get paid for as well. I think one of the reasons why I'm saying this is because I know through through my long career that because I get seen as a techie, as opposed mm -hmm. to, and I, I'm actually a very creative person in, in what, I, what I've been doing, that I've actually ended up having to say no to stuff because they just want me for that check or they want me for something else. And I'm and I've invested so much of my life in supporting that side of things that I've actually I'm actually I hate the tech to be honest. <laughs> and yet I'm here I am with with three computers and lots of stuff and all these gadgets and lights all around me doing all the stuff I'm doing because I know how to do it. But I, but I actually I don't enjoy that because part of the reason I'm now getting into the uh, counselling because I like stories. I'm a storyteller, okay. and and part of the reason I'm getting into um, I, I, it may seem a bit daft, but I actually liked th there's a performance thing in being a deacon and, and actually being there to you're putting yourself in front of people. And it's not that you're showing off, but you're actually helping people appreciate something, an aspect of their life. And you're going in and helping. So I'm actually using the skills that I would have learned for, about acting drama and all those kind of things and filmmaking in, a, in another part of my life, because I see that as a way of helping other people. But I also see through through the drama and because uh, we're we're looking at another video well i'm actually looking at another video with a couple of colleagues to help people that are going on the path similar to me because the 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 way of telling the story of how to instruct people is not there 
And I don't just mean you just do ABCD. There's a, there's a drama that needs to be developed to show people how to do things. And I think that's what's so important in, in the acting and in the filmmaking side. I mean, the number of shows that we're watching now, the Korean soaps, unbelievable. <laughs> My wife's watching them. I'm kind of going, are you going to stop? watching those for a minute and just sort of take a rest or anything. No, no, she's just lapping them up left, right. She's almost learning Korean at the moment because of what she's picking up. But it, it, but it's what she's enjoying about that sort of genre is the fact that it's not aggressive, which is what we're seeing in the Western side. There's a, there's a subtlety to it, which reminds her of when she was younger and she can enjoy and relax and doesn't feel overly anxious by watching these shows that are going. Yeah. Like the, I saw the trailer for Scream recently and i kind of went oh my god i don't want to see that <laughs> just because i'm kind of going no no that'll just get the anxiety going up too much i just want to sort of simmer down and settle down you know but i mean yeah, I, I, saying that to me a lot where they're like Sinead, you make so many horror films how do you sleep at night i'm like grand like i'm just it's fine i love horror films I like even, what's weird is when i was little and um I'd watch the Harry Potter films. They used to give me nightmares. And my mom would like, oh no, you can't watch those. And now I could literally watch any horror film at like 3 a.m. and I'm just fine. And I'm making them now. And like all the scary nightmares you have as a kid, I'm turning into films. Now, hold yes, on a yes. second. You're watching the horrors at 3 a.m. You're baking <laughs> at seven. You're running at eight. You're, you're, you're out there zooming. To, you know. So you did mention earlier, I don't sleep. Now I know there could be here. You're, you're, you're an alien. You're AI. You're something else. That's you're not human. Robot. We know you're well, not I've human. Been, yeah, I've been watching. I've been reading Carl, uh, Carl, Carol um, I think, or Cassock's, uh He was the guy that wrote in 1920 the first play that had the word robot. And I thought, I, I'll watch this. I'll read this and see what's, what's, what it's all about. And I suddenly discovered that all the fears and things that we have about AI and all that technology, and I actually think zombie movies are basically the same kind of thing anyway. It's all about dehumanizing something that comes in and attacks us. And, and all the scary stuff that, you know, the Terminator and all that kind of stuff, all this was all planted in our minds in the 1920s about re revol revolutions and all the other things that are going on and about the underdogs suddenly fighting their way forward, which is really what zombie movies are all about. So, I mean, you probably don't go through that when you're actually making your films, or is that something you think about? Do you think about the, the, the you know, the, the psychological or the philosophical aspects of the films that you're working on? The zombies need of, I want to have fun. Emotions. <laughs> That's it. A little bit of both. Um, like we, even some of our sets, like I always like fully admit um, that no set goes 100% smoothly. Something will always happen. Um, yeah. But that's how you learn from it. And your next time you're on, you, you can be like, oh, I understand that mistake I made and I can move on and make it better this time. And um, we have crazy things happen to some of our sets. Like when myself and Stephen were directing Ruby, um, we had to make, well, I made the salt circle and the pentagram in it because um, Max is conjuring a demon called Ruby. And um, it was a mixture of salt, sugar and flour. And we were like, oh, we'll be fine. Everything's fine. And all of a sudden the clapperboard was falling apart and people were coming over to us. And um, they saw. I think, uh, I think I need to come down there and do a blessing for you because I think, yeah, I think they, you they, may actually be going crazy. Yes. And then oh. uh, we had this guy come up to us and he, he saw all the like the sound equipment, the cameras. And they're like, did someone get stabbed? Is this RTE? I'm like, no, we're just making a short film. <laughs> and we had a generator for the outdoor lights and that was making noise and trying to cover that and people coming over asking a million one questions and just loads of things were going wrong, but it was still fun at the end of it. No, but it I'm going like to come in because well, George let me just... like this. Yeah. Do you believe in 
like spirits and the spirit world. Like you're doing the horrors and you're doing a little bit yeah. of pentagram and you could have summoned, could have done a little bit of Ouija board there by accident. And now you've oh, left that, that house that needs to get an no, no. Do you um, believe in that type of thing? Well, I, I remember when I was I 14, like I went to... I, I went. I went to a play in Peterborough when I was a kid, at fourteen, and we were taken to to it by as a school trip. And in in the middle, they actually had to bring a priest in and actually exercise the stage before the play started, in case there were spirits that they were bringing out. You know, so there is something real about that. And and again, I think because of where I've just found myself going, we are dealing with that kind of spiritual world on a regular basis. And and it. There are some scary stuff that goes on. And I, I I mean, you're talking about the problems that you have on set on that particular occasion. And I'm kind of going, yeah, I think I think you've got a few little weird spirits going around trying to trip things up and and, and emphasize areas where things could go wrong. So, yeah, yeah, it is something I think we have to be careful of a little bit. Garvin's talking about the universe and about how he sees the universe. We have different interpretations of how we see the world around us. And I think the more and more we're going on, the more and more we're seeing how we are being influenced by outside forces. And you're, you're talking about that in, 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 the, in what's going on there. Do you find that in, in also helps you? You're a writer as well. So do you find that in coming up with the ideas? Oh, you're, you're annoying me now. Just annoying me. I'm a writer. Yeah. I'm a singer. I'm a dancer. I'm a lover. I'm all the above. Uh, no, no, you've got the one. Have you a fill? You said you're a writer. Mm-hmm. Have you got the? We've asked a couple of people this before, and don't worry about the, the man bag, handbag in there. Do you have a feature? Do you have that story? Is it is it germinating at the moment, or is it fully fledged? If you were given the money, you'd be making it. Or I have it written. There you go. It's written. Yeah, right. it's written. Yeah, right. yeah. And now the next question is: What's the budget? What's the budget you think you're going to need for that one? Few million. All right, got a few million jars. We've got to raise a few yeah, million. Yeah. Raise is it a horror? Is it a comedy? Of what course is it? it is. Horror oh, comedy. Yeah, even yeah. better, even better. Is it, is but it, it something- has a bit of it, it has um a bit of drama in it and a bit of a bit of sadness. A bit of a bit of everything. So so horror zombie Romeo Juliet meets Romeo Juliet. Yeah, is it- yes, but instead of zombies, it's a different kind of creature. Oh, but but I think I think that's what that's what hooks audiences from different genres, because I think if you bring I mean, most of the horrors or even the sci fi things, when you actually get down to it, it's about human relationships and the problems that people are actually having in the middle of it, you know, before something crazy happens around them. You know, you know, you see that all the time in all all these kind of movies. You've got to have those relationships working just because there's a zombie attacking or something else. that's attacking. I think it's Frankenstein's monster goes on a blind date. You know, it's it's like it, it sounds like it's a comedy horror. It's a creature, right? It's a creature. He's got two legs, two arms, and one head. Well, as a, you know, we know it's is it male, right? Is it a male creature? With it has look, no gender. No it has gender. No gender. Right? No it's not gender. that bloody swimming oh, one again, is it? Underwater. Oh, God, no. No, no, no. That's no. not the, the, what was that? The, the Under, shape of water. Yes. That, no, no. No. Yeah. Don't like that at all. No. Much scarier. Much scarier. Much scarier, yeah. Is it for Ireland uh, or is it for, for is, is it going to have a good chunk of uh, SFX and all that type of stuff? Or is it, it can be done with real people with a bit of dress up? Um, The creature itself needs a bit of practical FX. I'm, see, I know everyone is getting into CGI nowadays, but I'm more of the practical FX gal. I'd rather like the real yeah. stuff, especially since I've been in that industry. I'd much rather than that than all that computer stuff. Well, have you seen a, a lot of a lot of um, a lot of films recently where we're finding that um, if they went back to the old practical stuff, it was actually cheaper because the special yeah. effects on computers had, uh, were literally ten times more expensive than it were doing practicals. 
Which and everyone goes on about how they loved like the films in the 80s and the 90s. That's all yeah. when with practical effects. And they're yeah. just better films in general. And I just rather that than and give all those people that have trained so hard. And I know it's a really hard business because I've been in it. Um, it's so time consuming and it's draining and they deserve the, the chance to get back on set and start working a bit more yeah. on all these like yeah. big creatures. And it, I think it would work better with actors as well, because instead of looking at a tennis ball or someone on stilts and they have all these dots on their face, that's not as scary as if you see like a full scary monster in front of you. Well, I think uh, the way, I mean, George the, sees the, the, me every day. Yeah. Week. Yeah. Oh yeah. That scares you me. Know, like that's frightening. Weeks, yeah. Very, very yeah, frightening. Yeah. But in Mandalorian, they've actually now started using games engines so that the actors can actually perform and see what it is that's actually around them. And that that's becoming more and more interesting. Just meshing that multimedia type stuff, I think is, is a good way of actually looking at things. So I think there's this some exciting, I think you're, you're hitting the industry where it's going to be really, really exciting to see where things go and how you can perform with different things. I think that that's going to be fun. Now, this film, though, is in lots of locations, few locations, few actors, high drama. Has it got all the buzzwords for meeting that budget and the audience to boot at the end? That you're you're learning that not multiple location, not high costume, not high SFX, because they're all big budget, you know, need big bang. But at the end of the day, if you can get rich storyline, and an awful lot of you know, you know the shock effect and, and AI or or SFX in your mind type of stuff. You know, is it that type of film where you know people fill in the gaps with their mind, uh, or is it they need to get yeah. an awful lot of sort flashbang wallop to get entertained? It would take about ten actors, um, including the creatures, um, very like small few locations um not big because i always find that when you have to have a million different locations it's just more time consuming um yep. you can easily pull off things without having to go to every single different place you can set design things change things up um and a good portion of it is in the outdoors anyway so it can be done in like mainly one big location big woods is it? Like a few big woods yeah. big woods sounds like woods to me you know so <laughs> well, have you seen the film uh, mother android there's a there's no, a film on it's I think it's either on Netflix or Amazon that's just come out recently um, and and it's a it's a it's a same now there are quite a few characters in it but but basically there's there's literally about ten main characters everybody else is extras and and all the all the stuff is about people running around and people on bikes it's it's there's there's really not many special effects that's in it it's all about the stuff that you're talking about which has probably made that film really really inexpensive which i think is really quite good to see that because i think again it's it's getting us back into the way of working and drum have you yourself i know garvin doesn't like this but have you looked at the history you were talking about the 1980s oh garvin's thing that's it i told you that's how yeah no, but you still you still got your computer- mate You've still got your main character. Blue screen. You know, yeah, on, turn, Garvin, you've you've got you got to keep yourself, on. I ain't going to come back. You, now. You've got to get yourself that, that new computer again. You I know, don't, that, that's, there this is. computer is going blue screen. This right, you pitch. see, this is it, you see. This is the ghost in the machine. You and your fucking exorcist brought this in. Yeah, You knew you were coming. And now the ghost is in the machine and it's following all this. Exactly. Follow me everywhere. Well, again, that I mean, I think I think this is this is where it's it's interesting. This is why the need to actually get people back together to actually start to work together and in person as opposed to virtual, which is what we're doing. It's like I I'm I'm like in a starship here looking at this stuff. Well, the great thing, George, about this is I was discussing for no, I've actually got shows. The shows are weird doing are going back a couple of years and i'm listening to them while i was painting for the last you know couple of days or weeks 
And in them, it's saying, I must get a new computer. And this is two years ago. And then about 19, 20 shows a day, I must get, I have to get a new computer. So that's, that's about 50 shows ago. I go, I, yeah, and I, this and I've is, had two computers since then. <laughs> this must be 15 year old. This computer is, this is going to go, this is going to, but it's going to, I think it's going to go out in a big bang. It's going to rep, it's going to ruin everything. It's going to destroy files. Let's see if it's we can get be, to the end of the show. But, but that, no, <laughs> I, I, I keep on saying it to my wife and even in, in mate's earshot and I go, are you still talking about that computer? What, look, we just sit down, we'd order one. It's, if you, it's because it doesn't matter what the price is. You, if you need it now or you need it in the future, you can get it now and have it and use it. And I go, if you have this thousand quid in the bank or something, there's no point in putting these certain things off. You need yeah. to do it now. And I, I'm even, this is a reminder to me now, I've, after this show, I'll talk to that mate, I'll talk to George and go, right, we have to order <laughs> this computer because the universe has told us a few times now, cop on, it's coming. You know, the tsunami is coming. You, you'll be yes. warned. You know, so yes. do you take notice of the universe telling you things in the sense of it gives you little hints that now pay attention, fix that, or be aware, you know, or do you, are you aware of the universe at all talking to you? Yeah. Like I'll look for signs yeah. or if they're planted in my face, if I get several of them, then I would like, okay, I need to start paying attention to this now. Yeah. Um, like myself and Stephen are making a new film. Um, and I've been trying to do a lot of things where I'm bringing real things to, to screen from script to screen, from, previous experiences and um we're making a new film and it's called one last goodbye and i kind of said to him at the beginning to be like i want something really sad for my showreel to have um and he was like okay uh, what were you thinking and i gave him the story of how my grandfather passed away and how um a while later i had i was in the park and i was walking my dog and i saw this man walking towards me and he had the same cane and the same clothing and he looked like him the same tattoos and he came up to me and he talked to me and my granddad always called me pigeon that was like a certain nickname he called me and this man came up to me and said that to me and I was just in utter shock that this happened and winked at me and um, walked off and he was singing songs and everything and I remember I facetimed my mom and I was like crying bawling my eyes out like oh my god I just saw granddad what the hell and I had saw loads of robins earlier on that day following me in the park and the story of like how he had passed away, he had um, his nurse had the same name as me. And I remember going in and seeing uh, him and she was like, oh, I heard we have the same name. And that's how he was kind of remembering me, because it was near the end of when he was passing away, where he just wasn't really with it anymore. And having that last goodbye with him. And I thought that was our last goodbye. But really, when I saw him in the park, it was a sign that he was saying everything's OK and um, I'm fine you're doing well, all that kind of stuff and giving me that reassurance. So I'm yeah. always like looking out in the universe for signs or things or wow. what I should do next. If this is good, if I shouldn't do that, I'll always say like, please give me a sign. And if something yeah. comes out of it, then I know, okay, that's a big sign to do something. Yeah. Or if nothing yeah. happens, I'm like, okay, I'll keep doing what I'm doing. No, I like yeah. the languages. Yeah. Like I do yeah. that. I, I sometimes will give me a, now George will probably say, who are you talking We call it discernment. <clears throat> who are you talking to? We call to? it discernment. You go, give me a sign. I talk, give me a sign. And I go, yeah. we don't- then you're looking for stuff and go, how will I recognize the sign? You know, because yeah. I'm going to make, I'm going to choose something to be the sign. Because you're near, you're talking to yourself going, you're, you're, you want validate. Well, this is me talking to me, talking to the universe. And and we, we, we're talking to the universe for the last 130 shows now. And that's what we're saying. <laughs> we're fine with it. We would love a sign. The sign if yeah. someone was watching or listening and they might tell us and they enjoy it or don't. But that aside, the sign we wanted was the fact we're doing it. 
the fact it's okay, we're enjoying it is the sign that we're getting, and you're getting up each morning, yeah. you're continuing on. You're, yeah, one well, sentence you said there his, is, you're his, hearing um, voices, and you're asking, you're asking questions and you're hearing voices, right? Well, I don't no, know but, what uh, the sign is to other people yeah. watching that from the outside. No, well, let me mm. clarify a few things there, because I know that the journey I've been on in, in the direction I've gone, I, it, it wasn't that I heard voices that were audible voices, but there were definitely thoughts that were put into my head that were making me think in a certain direction. And, and we would use the word ter, uh, discernment, that you're discerning that you're being encouraged to go in a certain direction. And I think that's, that's very important because that indicates that there is a spiritual world that's out there and we are being guided. And we do have to be careful what we're, what we're playing around and what we're actually mixing with. But you, you, you've just told a story about your grandfather, which I think is fascinating. And I must send you a link to a little film that I made with some students about now 10 years ago, no, 12, maybe 15 years ago, called Silent Whisper. And it was, it was the same kind of story about somebody that lost somebody and, and how they got to see little messages about they saw them in the same kind of way you've just described. So I'll send that to you and see what your thoughts are, which I think is, is really lovely. I think it's also, I'm actually, I can imagine the film that you're talking about or a story there. So I'm looking forward to seeing that being developed, which I think would be really, really lovely. Um, do you, and, and I mean, we're, all three of us are talking about the same kind of thing. It doesn't matter what the language is that we use, but we're still, we're still looking at this entity that seems to come along and sort of guide us in some sort of direction in, in the life that we're actually having and where things are going. Do you find that same kind of thing gives you a sense of calmness when, especially because you're working in an industry that can be, I mean, my, my experience of it is it can be very high anxiety very, and, and very critical and very, you, you can be not for six and there are power games going on within the structures, especially if you're working in television and, and, and some of the high powered stuff, you know, that can really knock you. Are you finding that is hitting you or are you finding that the way you're working, especially with the people that you, you've come into contact is helping that, that journey go a bit smoother? A bit of both. Like of I both. love, um, I'll always kind of look for signs and um, if I get like, if I feel like if I get overly anxious um, on set, which has happened sometimes when you have like so many people running after you and um, especially if you have to do like a really emotional scene, I'll just kind of sit, I'll take a few moments by myself and I'll just kind of get into my, my mind for a minute and calm. And sometimes I'll, I'll look over um, photos of like positive times and, um or I'll go through the script again and just try to stay present and in the moment and not get kind of lost in all the chaos that's going on around me. Um, and sometimes if I'm really feeling anxious, like I'll even try to talk to someone about it and be like, I'm feeling a bit anxious right now. Can we just like, can we take a moment? Can we just even, can we take a break for a few minutes and just kind of get grounded? Because I yeah. feel like when you're on a set and everything is just high emotion and you have a deadline and everything is like, just go, go, go. You need to take just a few minutes and just prep yourself and get ready. Because yeah. if you're constantly like on the go, on the run, on set, um, sometimes you look over like little mistakes or little things that you'd want to change. And then you get your film in the end. And you're like, oh, I'm not happy with that. That's not what I wanted. That's not what I wanted to happen. Um, and you just need to like take a moment and be like, okay, how can we, just like when things go wrong on set, Instead of going, oh, the film's ruined, we can't finish this anymore. I'm literally, I just, my attitude is, okay, what can we do to fix this? We'll yeah. just take a few moments. Doesn't matter what time it is, three or four in the morning. It's fine. What can we do to fix it? We can come back, get the rest of the shots. I'd rather that than rush something and just get three it out. Three or four in the thing. morning. 
I'm going, yeah, for- what are you doing? I mean, my <laughs> God, that's called the next day. You could have left it the next oh, Of course, it was a nice shoot. But you're going, <clears throat> now what I heard at the same time was you've done, you've 95 jobs. You know, you, you got like your you work, you, you can't, you wake up and you got to fill every minute. If you, how good are you with nothing? You got, are you, would you, would you, would you explode doing nothing? Wouldn't sitting in a room like just quite you know the quiet I, my mind goes off like 90 miles an hour i don't like quiet because i i start actually nearly going to hyperdrive in my head mm. it's like other people will meditate and you do yoga i think george might do yoga or something like that but no, I, no. what's I, your quiet time would you spend five hours and quite happily do nothing or would you be thinking all the time the 50 things i could have done um well i go to therapy once a week every Wednesday and that's my kind of hour to decompress and I'll have like a little rant with my therapist every week um just to kind of decompress and talk about all the stressful things that's happened and I get kind of grounded and back into myself and then the rest of that day then when I'm finished I take that for myself and I won't go on social media I'll stay off things that's my little break in the week you could have talked to the universe or yourself at half the (laughs) price no no, that's actually that's actually really really good because one of the things that's that's the biggest problem that a lot of people are having is they don't know how to talk about their feelings they don't know how to talk about the emotions and we're not going to get into that here but basically Go one on. of the things Go i think on. that's really really good no no one of the things that's really really good is is that one if you have an hour sitting down with somebody else and you're just given a chance to to talk and 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 you're not there to solve problems but you're talking and they're giving you that energy to talk you, it, it actually releases so much tension that's in you uh, that, that it has a physical effect upon you, which I think is really, really important. And most people are just bottling things up. I mean, Garvin was talking about the, the chitter chat box, and we've talked about this in, in our uh, show. Um, and when you look at certain psychological things, you suddenly realize you're going from a Freudian bit that you've got the id and the super ego and the ego. And basically, that chitter chatter box is not you. It just think you just think it's you. And sometimes you do need that silence. You need to be in the presence where you suddenly become aware, not of your thoughts, but you're aware, not internal of the external world around you, that you're aware that you can listen to the birds. You can listen to the cars going past. You can listen to what's actually going on. The wind blowing through the trees. I actually did this once and a bumblebee passed me. I had my eyes closed and it went past me and it was like the rotors of a massive, great big plane going past straight past me. And I thought, wow, that's, that's amazing. And I could feel this vibration coming through, you know, the floor. And I was near Lawn Harbor and it turned out to be a ferry coming and I could feel it from three miles. You become so sensitive to all the, 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 the vibrations, the sounds, the smells, everything else that's around you that you can only get if you suddenly stop and allowed yourself to be in the present, in the moment now, and, and, and actually get yourself resting in silence. So I think that's lovely. So, so that's actually very useful. And I think that's something that other listeners might need to start thinking about, that although your life is rush, 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 I mean, one of the things that's also interesting, is you've talked about a period where you're giving yourself that physical time to, to, to relax through, through exercise, but you're also giving that chance for mentally to to unwind as well. And I think that's something that's really, really important. It's something I only learned recently, you know, I, I mean, and, and I think most people that don't learn about that, they do end up crashing and, and, yeah. and they find themselves burnt out thoroughly. And I think that's something that, and they can't sometimes repair that. They, they, they've damaged themselves 
in a real depth way. So it's really good to hear that. And I think these are things that something that Garvin and I can start to think about a bit more as we as we go forward, because it's not about rushing. And I think that's something I've done on my sets as well. You can if once you start to do the shoot, it's up to the preparation beforehand. Everything else is you just leave it and see what happens next. And what and if you're in that way of thinking, you're in the ever present, you're then open to suggestions and possibilities that could happen that would be far greater than what you thought beforehand. And that's how the universe or God or whatever is influencing that way of working. And then also you can calm other people down who might be sort of racing around. And one of the things I find is if you're constantly rushing, that's where damage happens. That's where you either hurt yourself, accidents start to happen. But if you can be calm and in the moment, that's where you can start to be risk averse, which I think is very important for the, the guy that's sort of funding this and not having to worry about insurance policies and things like that. And you can keep people calm. They can start to enjoy it. And then they want to be back there again, because that moment is like being in with a counselor. And that's, that's something I think we've got to get into Garvin, not with the counselor, making the movies. So it becomes a counseling session for us. That's what, what are your thoughts on that? Around, like, I hate the stigma around therapy that people are so afraid to talk about it. And I'm completely open with it that like I do go and I quite enjoy it. And I feel like I'm coming back into myself more by doing so. And um, like, even when I'm doing auditions or if I'm Zoom calls, I'm like, okay, I need to go because I'm going to therapy. Like, I'm not afraid to talk about it. And yeah. um, I find like being able to sit down and talk to people more and being more open, it helps. And that's the great balance that myself and Stephen have that when we're on set, if I see that he's getting overly anxious, I'm able to be like, it's okay, I can take over. Um, let's calm and let's think about it and process it because sometimes he can get very um, overwhelmed with stuff and I can too. And we're able to balance each other out. And just like taking it, taking a chill pill and just yeah i'm gonna sell some fairy cakes to you now <laughs> and what it is is you see everyone's going what what, what are you two doing for god's sake is we're still at it yeah we, we say this a few times there's 130 episodes 130 hours of this shite and you know now the therapy was the first 70 so if you go back and pick any one of them at random that was us in therapy you know, yeah, I was, I was, he was listening to me. I was listening to him. We just recorded it. And what we were talking about was fear, anxiety, depression. Uh, are we doing the right thing, doing the wrong thing? You know, it's a startup. You know, we're not in control, risk, compliance, insurance, and, and you know, like, you know, imposter mm. syndrome, you name it. And that was, I went through 100 hours of therapy with him. I mean, you know, listening to me. Now, again, we have it for posterity and the universe. So the, the universe or anyone else that wants to watch or sit on that chair and listen in can, but it was honest. It was real. That's a, and you're saying the same thing. Now you're asking a question. You don't know us from Adam and you're saying I'm in therapy. I hear voices. I, I can't sleep at night. I, 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 I everywhere I look, I, I, I see, I see pigeons, whatever you go. But it, it's, <clears throat> excuse me. It's the great thing is it's honesty. And what you're giving is, this is you here, you roar. There's no artificial, you know, when you put yeah. the makeup on and prosthetics on, even then they can hear you trying to sell a couple of muffins. But I mean, they know it's you. They know you're real. Well, that, yeah. well the great thing about that is that you, you suddenly started, I mean, the things that I talked about earlier on about the 25-year-olds the, the being sort of burnt out, it's because they didn't have the facilities that you found yourself needing. You, you know, you're, you're, you're actually, the mind is just as important as the physical. They are connected, but if you, and we have this capability of talking and telling stories and, and, and we need to work things out. And the best way to do it is to share it with somebody else. And, and we all need that way of doing it. So, so therapy in some form of fashion is really, really important. 
and and as you say, the the the, the hard times that people have trying to express their feelings, especially older people who who have been basically told to you don't you don't share outside the family, you don't share family secrets, you don't do the you know the pressures that those people are under because they haven't had that chance to talk things through that they need to has made as in some cases, in many cases, ruined their lives. So I think it's really, it's really important to, to, to keep on talking about, you know, therapy. I'm, 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 I'm training to be a counselor purely for that same purpose. I also like talking, <laughs> but I'm not the one talking. I have, I'm learning to listen and I've learned to listen over the last two years because, because of no choice. That's, that's I had simple, no choice. Yeah. I had no choice, but I, I'm getting good at it. But I'm also getting good at remembering what people are saying and actually then sort of paraphrasing and working those sort of things through. But it is, it opens up the creativity within you as well. And I think that's something that's really, really important for people to, to get into. Uh, we've talked about the, the Judith, uh, what was her name? Uh, Judith Carriman, the, the, the writer, the artist way. And I've spent 92 weeks writing a journal five days a week. And you find that that becomes a form of therapy as well, but you're also generating a resource that you can dip in for ideas that you can turn into movies later on as well. So I think that's lovely. So no, can, yeah, yeah. Congratulations for sharing what you've, it, it helps to us to realize and the audience to realize that you're well balanced because you're getting all those things and it's not something that the, the audience should think for themselves is something they shouldn't explore and get into. In fact, the more people do some form of counseling, the better they'll have life-wise in their journey. Now, you know, as he said earlier on, I'm becoming a counselor. And the more people that do counselling, I'll have more customers. Product placement and get with more the money. And Here's my so cake. You've got to watch. You have to listen. You have to see what he's saying. Watch and listen. Yep, yep. <laughs> We're like hip- I didn't like do the hypnotherapy when, one, so I'm not hypnotizing you. <laughs> like, I find like when I'm on set, um, when I'm directing, I'll take my actors in and we'll just take a few moments and talk about things. And we'll, we end up deep diving into our own personal lives and just opening up more. And I love that. And I love when we do that kind of stuff. And then um, I'm also the kind of director that when I receive a script that I'm going to be directing with people, and um, I find actors get panicky. They're like, oh, I need to remember every single word of every line. My kind of look on it is that I don't want them to focus on the words on the page. I want them to focus on what comes out. So it doesn't matter if we have to take 10, 50, 100 takes of something. Whatever feels natural to you, let it come out. We can do another take where you do the exact lines that are on the no, page. I, hold on a second now. No, 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 no. Now the accountant's I'm coming the accountant. Back and you'll take that in three takes or you can feck <laughs> off. You're, 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 yeah. You've got to be realistic at the same but time you never if know it's your what's money. Gonna come out of it. Yeah, yeah. True, but yeah. you never know what's going to come out of it. And I hate like um, the way some actors can be trained where if they make a mistake, they go, oh, sorry, I need to start again. No, I hate no, when No, 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 no. Keep going, I actually had a practice where I had a practice on set where um, the director is the one that says cut and you carry on performing until I say cut. Uh, and and you don't drop out of character. Because I was finding that people that said the lines, they would drop out of character. I said, no, no, we're going to do that again. Why, George? Why? I said, because you have not given me as the editor or the editor that, that little piece that they may need that will make that scene work. You need to keep in character right beyond where the scene you think is. Otherwise, you're directing, and you're not meant to be directing. You're meant to be that character. You're meant to be living in that, that, that moment of what's going on. And again, it's not, it's not the dialogue. It's actually the essence of what the scene is about. And if they understand that, they can say whatever they need to say in character. And one of the things I, I also used to do is it, it was I, I would have a read through or a talk with the actors where 
I was talking to the character, not the actor, and I wanted the character to respond. And that became a very interesting way of actually working. Now, I've just realized that we're now an hour and 10 minutes into this. So I, I'm going to have to wrap it up, unfortunately, <laughs> which is a, a real shame because I'm really enjoying the conversation we're having. It's, 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 you were talking about the, we were talking about uh, the universe and signs and discernment and all that kind of stuff. And I just feel that through this conversation, I'm, we're begin our message, Garvin, is that we need to get out there and do stuff. We need to get out there and be Here's in the a job. Here's a job, will you? Here's a job. Sake. That's it. You know, we've got, got loads and have just given us one. Man, anyway. Give us one of them. The yeah. <laughs> the one thing I've learned the most this year and last year, the most important thing is if you can control it, whatever crew you have on set, make sure you're 100% comfortable around them. Because I've yeah. been around people, um, like certain crew on things that have just made me uncomfortable or just don't have the positive attitude. And I just hate that. Like take your negativity and bring it somewhere else. So I'll always look for ah. the most positive people I can. Yes. And I have a certain I have group no hope there. then, none whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, yeah. a total well, negative for, pessimistic up. Yeah. Well, we, we if, for one last goodbye. I said it to yeah. Stephen. I'm letting him direct it by himself because I don't want to be pulled out of the moment. And um, I said to him, the one rule I have for this, um, if we're going to make this, is that you have everyone that, we're both 100% comfortable around. And I have some amazing friends who work as my crew that I trust in my absolute life. And I wouldn't have anyone else around me for yeah. like when I'm yeah. going to have those crucial moments. And I think that's someone everyone needs to kind of realize. Don't just settle for people just because, yeah. oh, they have a great name or they're good at what they do. It doesn't, there's loads of people that are good at what they do as long yeah. as they yeah. don't cause a negative environment on set because nobody likes that. You're not going to get what you want done. Well, I worked on a film or I was on a film set where one of the wardrobe artists kept saying, this is not a real film. And that, that rippled that, that effect rippled around and it was very destructive. And on my own film, we had somebody that, that was negative. We just said, oh, we're going to let you go, you know, because you're not there, for, you're not fit for the part. And we got somebody that was, was very positive. They had the same issues, but they had a positive way of doing it that we were able to work around the problem that was, it's actually a kiss. It's really bizarre. Uh, it turned out to be a couple of, one was Chinese, the other girl was Korean. And apparently in that society, the kiss, and if you watch some of the Korean stuff, you can see it, that they're dead when they kiss. There's a, there's, that because of their culture, um, they, they couldn't kiss. So we ended up doing a scene where it looks as though they're about to kiss, but they get caught and they pull away. And that was a way of working around it. But because the girl was so positive that we were now working with, she explained what the situation was and why she couldn't do, but it wasn't done in a negative way. It was done in a positive way that we could actually then move on and work around it. So that, yeah, I totally agree. You've got to have that positivity on set. Otherwise it won't work. But so, you can see the difference between, um, on one set I was on, I had a, a person in my crew that was kind of just negative about the situation and didn't want to continue like, Oh, this is never going to work out. There's no point. We should just give up now versus on another set. Um, where we were working with um, our uh, one of our crew members and we were having a one or two issues and he was like, don't worry about it. We can figure it out. There's a way we can work yeah. with it. it looks you can fix great. it in post, George. You can fix it in post. Yeah, oh, that's post. the one thing you never say on set. <laughs> no, oh, God, no, no, I've no, had people no. do that to me for that. Um, but uh -huh. just seeing the difference with Stephen and talking to him, see the difference when you have positive people around you. And I think that's just, that would make yeah. or break a film. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, that's fabulous. Well, look, um, we have come to the end of our show. Um, it's been lovely talking about um, all the things that you've been doing. You've explained the reason why your, your main passion is acting. That's if that was the only job that you had to do, it would be acting. 
but you've also learned that the only way to survive is to do all the other bits and pieces. And as an entrepreneur, you bake these lovely cakes that you bring on set and, you know, we'll plug those as well and maybe get a few. Sh- Actually, it, and we'll keep this in the show, but just have it. If you bring us, it show us a few shots of your cakes and as background shots. And we'll use that in the backgrounds of our show. Yeah, why not? Let's just have a bit of fun. This is what we like to do. Absolutely. And I think that's the key thing. So we'll include that in there. I love also the fact that although your life is busy, and we were sort of saying and we were concerned, but you've also demonstrated one that you you know how to physically keep yourself fit so that you are capable of coping with the problems that life throws at you. You've also got another facility, which is the, the therapy, the counseling, which which again helps you to get rid of all that anxiety and stuff, which is also a great way of keeping your mind and body set for what's going on. I also like the idea that there is a form, it, it's, it's a form of um, relaxation that you kind of go through uh, in the way that you've taught that when the hubbub is going around on set and you need to focus on, you, you have the capability of focusing and pushing out all that background noise so that you can actually be where you need to be in that moment with, with what's going on. That's actually lovely as well. You've talked about the collaboration that you have with your colleagues and, and the way that that works, that you're counterbalancing one another to keep keep things moving forward. And you've also got this positivity that you have on set. Uh, and you've, you've recognized that anybody that's negative can be very destructive. And you need to actually shun them away because of that, that negativity to keep that kind of creative spirit that's going on. And you'll give people the opportunity to 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 share their craft with you as you're going through. So I think that's, that's absolutely brilliant. So what I'll do is, um, if, if, is there anything that you'd like to say as, as a last closing words before I ask Garvin to say his piece? Um, I've come to realize, even though I'm still young, and I get that a lot of people are like, oh, you're so young to be doing all these different things and not treating me the same as if I was someone in the industry for 20 years. Um, I think... Positivity is the way to go. I'm just, even at this age, I've kind of come to realize that um, any kind of insecurities that you kind of have, just leave them at the door. There's no point bringing them in. Um, It'll serve you in no shape or form and it'll just hold you back from what you really want to do. So if you want to achieve your dreams in life, it's still possible. You just have to grab them. They're right there in front of you. Just take it. Well, I'm going to say very quickly there that you've got some wise words and you've just taught a couple of old dogs some new tricks. <laughs> I can tell you that. And you've actually given us, me anyway, particularly the motivation to want to carry on. I better give the last word to Garvin. Right. Well, it's back to talking to the universe and it answering and speaking back. And we, oh, it turns out we all hear voices. And, and the thing is, I'm usually arguing with them. But like, I don't know why people watch me shouting at the air. Well, I think we need to listen to those voices and they're the inner voices. They're their inner, we called it in a couple of our past shows. It's the inner dialogue and you can have it giving out or you can have it coaching you and saying it's okay and go do. And, and that's the lesson I'm taking from this one. Have a chat with your inner your voice, but make sure it coaches you to go, it's okay, use a bit of PMT, PMA and not PMT and go out there and do stuff and bake cakes. It turns out the only thing that makes money that makes the world go round is cakes. And I, yep. and I love cake. Grab life by the cupcakes. That's it. <laughs> Absolutely. And sprinkles on top. And that's the way it should be. Yes, thanks Brilliant. a lot. Okay, folks. Well, thanks a lot for listening to this show. We hope you enjoy that. I think it's a very powerful one this week. So thanks very much. And we look forward to seeing you, hearing you and whatever next week. Bye for now. 
Hope you enjoyed this video. Please subscribe and click on the bell for notifications.